welcome to episode 52 of the In General Podcast. My name's Jack and I'm doing with Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing great today. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing very good. Uh, so, I mean, today's been a busy day for news. Uh, well, last night, I guess, was a busy day for news. Jeff Goldblum confirmed for Jurassic World 2. It has been a long time in the coming. Everyone has been it- speculating about this. We have our own stuff that we've been talking about and uh it's been a long time in the coming man this was a uh i don't know what i mean what what are you thinking (laughs) yeah i mean it's been pretty obvious hasn't it there's been so many um universal themselves have tweeted pictures of jeff goldblum they said happy birthday on the jurassic world twitter to jeff goldblum but not sam neill it was very obvious they were hinting at something bayona's talked about it for a long time Mm -hmm. he even there was a news article where he purely talked about how great jeff goldblum's character was right yeah yeah exactly no yeah he's like oh yeah ian malcolm in the book in the first movie he's a great character and it was just like one of those things that you're like yeah i agree why do you bring that why do you bring that up (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i think colin trevorrow as well has said many times about ian malcolm and jeff goldblum and uh i mean even sam neill you know he was asked about where is alan grant and he said probably dead so you know i think it really (laughs) it all hints towards jeff goldblum we've all been thinking it we've all been hoping it and it's the most logical character to return now well, yeah, his book was in Jurassic World. I mean, you had to look to see it. But, I mean, Zaro was reading his book. Uh, Lowry had the book, God Creates Dinosaurs. You know, so they, they, out of all their connections to the first Jurassic Park, they have the old park. I'm talking about, like, visual connections. They have the old park. They have Hammond statue and mentions of Hammonds. And they have Jeff Goldblum. So, obviously, the park is a given because the park existed. It's the biggest thing. So Hammond's going to be part of that as well. So those are kind of like a given. So when you've got Jeff Goldblum, though, that he's there, you see, like, little images of him, you just can't help but think, like, are they going to bring that guy back? Yeah, and it does make me wonder. I do wonder if they genuinely knew from the very get-go, you know, from the start of Jurassic World that they were going to bring it back in the second one. Because Colin always talked about them having... Uh, the plan for the trilogy I do wonder if it was always the plan or if they kind of were writing Jurassic 2 and thought you know what this calls for Goldblum yeah you know that is one of those things I guess we will never know unless Colin outright says in the interview like yeah you know as we were writing Jurassic 2 we figured he was the right character for it or if it was if it's gonna be something like yeah we always wanted to introduce him in the second film after we reintroduced I mean reintroduce him and introduce new characters in Jurassic World like you know I'm I don't know if we'll ever know, but I am really curious. I think, as well, I think we can tell people we've had um, the <laughs> article ready for a couple of months now, just in case it did happen. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, if you go through our back end, there's so many articles ready. Um, just I, in case I like the new one that you get out on the fly. <laughs> I like the one that you wrote today. Jurassic World Two is called Ancient Futures or whatever. Like I just saw that in the drafts. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, Jack get that is one ready, ready, you just... know? Because I figure if. Yeah, if they're announcing Goldblum, we got to get the, the title may come the next day, you know? Yeah. And I think it's funny as well. Um, so they announced Goldblum last night. I was asleep. Everybody else saw I it. I joined the party late. Classic. was eating. But, I uh, just finished cooking, and I was eating, so I wasn't paying attention to my phone. You know, there's the Twitter alerts going off and text messages, whatever. I was eating. I was hungry. I just cooked, you know? And my yeah, phone yeah, starts yeah. ringing, and it's Ryan. I'm like, hello? He's like, Chris, Goldblum announced. Get an article now. And I'm like... <laughs> what? He's like, he's like, I know you have an article. Ryan, this is a PSA, <laughs> buddy. You gotta get some articles out, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take the stand there. You gotta write an article. Well, Chris was I, eating, dude. 
Chris was eating. Article ready to go. He's like, I, I know that you already have an article pre-drafted. He's like, get it up, get it up, go for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and we're just like, oh my Published. god, oh Hit my published. god. And like, so as I was talking to him on the phone, just like I was kind of calmly talking to him on the phone because I had to go find my article and find the image and everything like that, just to make sure it was all good and ready to go. But I'm just sitting there talking. I'm like, wow, this is really crazy. I can't believe it's finally happening. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like filling in those minor details. And I think we've talked about this before when we have to write something in it. Like you said, you kind of go in auto drive and you just write it and you get it up and you publish it. And then five minutes later, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Goldblum's confirmed. Then we can be excited about it. I woke up to about a thousand notifications. Oh, I imagine. Uh, tweet, tweets, messages, Facebook. Snapchats from Ryan. <laughs> just like, yeah, Snapchat from Ryan. He was like, dude, wake up. <laughs> like, Goldblum is confirmed. But, uh, Were yeah, you a bit confused was, um, when you woke up? Were you like, did it take you a second to well, process usually it? I, usually I wake up to, yeah, usually I wake up to multiple notifications, but it, there was a suspicious number of them this morning. Uh, and I, then I saw, I think there was three Twitter notifications from uh, uh, Frank Marshall and one said Jeff Goldblum returns. And I kind of, I did a double take. Was like, <laughs> that for real? And then I was like, great, I slept through that one, but cool. Uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty exciting. Yeah, um, I, I completely missed all of those like Twitter tweets and everything like that. Thank God Ryan called me because I probably wouldn't have paid attention to it for like a good like 20, 30 minutes later at least. I was enjoying <laughs> yeah, it. I put something on Netflix. I'm like dinner Netflix. Ignore my phone for a bit. <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to calm down and trying to relax, and then yeah, just getting bombarded. But it's such exciting news, and like I said, I really gutted that I missed it. Though I missed the instant announcement. But waking up to us, pretty much spent the whole day thinking about his role and what he's going to be doing, and yeah, you know, how they're going to bring him back. And I think it's so exciting. And then obviously uh, later, you know, today, um, James Cromwell comes out and starts talking about the plot. <laughs> I kind of gives us, he, he teases what, you know, he teases his character. So, you know what, that's one of those things that how you said you go into autopilot mode. Um, when uh, it was uh, Brian Beluka who shared it, he tagged me on Facebook about the story. He was like, dude, big news! And uh, tagged me on it. And hold on. Um, and I immediately went into autopilot mode on it. So I went to write, I, I watched a video clip, I found it on YouTube. I, um, and then immediately started writing it, and after I after I wrote it, and I got it up on and shared it, I was just like, "Wait, what? Like, <laughs> wait, he he's who now? He his character yeah. did what? Like, I'm freaking out, man. And this I, is really big news. Yeah, it's big, and I love the beard. I mean, I just watched the clip. I just got home, so I just watched the clip. I love that beard. Oh, I yeah, think even it looks Larry good. King asked him about the beard. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, "Yep, that's why I have the beard." It's and if you that's the beard. If you haven't seen the news article, I guess because we haven't said what the news is. If you haven't seen the news article and you're listening to listening to us talk right now, um, he said, "I play the character Richard Attenborough played. Uh, I'm his partner, um, Benjamin Lockwood." And we developed the technology of being able to clone the genes. And, um, and so I am uh, trying to deal with the, uh, the blowback from what we have done. Is that why you have the beard? Yeah. Yeah, so that's um, pretty exciting, isn't it? So cool. I, I, I think it's just, we've we talked about this on many podcasts before, about how we really don't know anything about the movie. Obviously, they've hinted at things, but there's no official synopsis, which I think it's great. You know, it really is great. I think we're all just a bit desperate for something. But now, the we didn't gates. even know character names. Yeah. But now, 
I think ever since the Goldblum announcement, James Cromwell's like, do you know what? I can say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah, I don't really um, know. So he's... You know what's funny? I was looking at the timestamps of those videos, and they might have been like they might have been up all day yesterday as well, and people just didn't pay attention to them because I guess nobody thought that you'd get uh, Jurassic World two news out of Larry King, and it wasn't ping- <laughs> and it wasn't pinging on Google yesterday. It didn't start pinging until today. So yeah, it's just like one of those things. It's like a lot of times that probably you know think of how many things that are probably said that just go completely unseen if they are said to like really random press sites or something like that and nobody just notices to like no no Jurassic fans really watch it so it's just like oh, that, that just completely went past everyone's attention yeah it's like um it's like yesterday I was uh had the one show on in the background and Chris Pratt was on there and he, he I don't know if you saw it I live streamed it from the um the Instagram, Instagram yeah but he was just uh, talking about Jurassic World 2 but he, he, couldn't, he couldn't say anything obviously he was like yeah sure I'll break my NDA yeah yeah <laughs> making a joke about it but um it's so it's so good that James Cromwell shared this so he plays Benjamin Lockwood who is the brother oh sorry no, brother no, no, no. Really, uh partner to John Hammond yeah um which I think is really really uh, it, it, what's that? It's, it kind of expands the mythology behind the franchise. Right? Exactly. I was actually. Um, t- I think. I think Stephen Ray Morris used the exact words when I was talking to him a bit this morning about it. Um, and I think his exact words was like, "Wow, they're really expanding the mythology in this film, um, laying the ground." He said, "They're laying the groundwork for the mythology to tie everything together." And uh, yeah, and that really sums it up perfectly, doesn't it? They are. It's really bringing the mythology of the Jurassic universe together there's a lot of um just i guess story you're you kind of you're immediately like wait john hammond had a partner like someone that was equal to him with engine with creating dinosaurs but we never saw this guy we never heard of him i'm not calling bogus on that this is, might be a very private individual and i'm assuming that there is a good story reason why we never heard of him i, I my guess is things eventually went sour uh or yeah or he dealt with other things. But nonetheless, this guy never really brought himself into the spotlight until this movie. And I just, I, you know, the, the John Hammond in the book, he's a different character. He's, um, he's kind of bitter. He's kind of selfish. Uh, I, I wonder... He's not caring like the John Hammond that was portrayed in the movies. That's yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, John Hammond in the movies is a good guy who's deeply flawed. But um, in the book, he's not really shown in a great light. And part of me wonders if uh, Benjamin Lockwood, in a way, is going to be book John Hammond personality. But with a... um, mm. You know, maybe there'll still be some redeeming factor to him in a way. But I'm thinking his motives aren't going to be as sincere. And that, that's just pure speculation. But, you know, like, when you look at the the, the set photo, um, the first set photo they released inside of uh, Lockwood Estate with the girl looking up at the uh, mysterious mm. Fakasaurus Triceratops skull. Um, yeah, Fakasaurus. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's something almost a little more sinister about that skull, isn't it? It's and, ominous, that image. Uh, the, the, the dark lighting and the moody lighting does set a tone. Um, obviously, it did look like Hammond's mansion, but we know Hammond's a lovely guy. But yeah, this is this is Benjamin Lockwood's estate, and we know that he's a private guy based on the set pictures. And everybody's been taking pictures with the big surrounding foreboding gates and and wall that surrounds the perimeter of his property. Like you said, he is a private man. He's a very private individual. That's why we haven't heard of him so far in the franchise. But 
Uh, obviously, I do hope they kind of explain that. Yeah, in, yeah. In a, I hope that in a good way. I, I hope it's not brushed over. Not necess- I'm not saying it's necessarily something that contradicts things, but now that he's introduced into the story, we definitely are going to need to understand where he's been to a certain degree. Um, mm. You know, why has Simon Mizrani? Why did Simon Mizrani never message? mention him why did Claire never mention him why did Dr. Wu never mention him why did Hammond never mention him you know things like that because in Jurassic World there were definitely times in the conversation where you would think that maybe this Lockwood guy would have been brought up but he seems like he must be a very private individual um, private it, individual and as well like you said if he if things kind of went sour between the two of them then maybe it, well you don't know what Lockwood was doing during the Lost World and maybe that's something we're going to find out in the era of the Lost World, you know, towards Hammond's unfortunate passing, um, which I believe now has been determined to be 97, pretty much just after yeah, the Lost World. Yeah, just after the Lost World he passed. Yeah, exactly. You know, why did Mizrani gain engine, and why did Lockwood... I mean, did Lockwood pass on it? Um, you know, I, I'm just... I'm yeah, really, what's he been doing? What has that's, he been doing? That's what I'm What did he do, about. and what has he been doing? I mean, that's just, this is probably one of the more interesting characters they've actually ever introduced in the movie since the first movie i, I think well, when, right... they, when they when they said when they announced the casting for james cromwell we all said he's going to play someone great that's going to be a good role because he's a really really fantastic actor and and it's funny we even brought up role. like i mean i think in the past podcast i i brought up um how i thought maybe he would play a dark reflection of john hammond and i swear to god that's not based mm. off of any inside information or anything like that it was just me taking a look at that mansion saying i bet you that guy might be the owner of that mansion and that is the vibe i got from it and now hearing that he had connect he's hammond's partner he's kind of equal to hammond and now he's dealing with the backlash of jurassic world and everything i i, I really that really cements in my mind that he's he's going to be sort of a darker reflection of hammond yeah, I no, I think you're right there, and I think, um, I, I mean, he gave us some stories. So pretty much, part part of Jurassic World Two is Benjamin Lockwood trying to deal with the blowback from what they've done, as in creating dinosaurs. Yeah. So we know that the repercussions from Jurassic Park and especially Jurassic World are now affecting the people that all the way back in the beginning helped create that. Exactly. Uh, as well as, I'd imagine, a lot of other people. So, yeah, this is this is exciting. There was also another article um, about James Cromwell where he said um, about the crying, about his character has to care about something, and Bayona went up to him and said, why don't you cry? So, clearly something devastating or... I don't even know. I don't even know if it needs to be devastating because then James Cromwell goes on to say, I was a little surprised by that, and I asked him, well, why is my character mm. crying? So I almost picture it that Cromwell is giving a monologue, a speech, talking about something that's near and dear to him, and tears start flowing. You know, maybe he starts talking about, he starts reminiscing to Jurassic Park, and the tears start flowing. And his question was like, well, why am I crying exactly? You know, why is my, like, what, what brings tears to my character's eyes? I don't think it'll be anything as obvious as, like, losing someone or something like that. I think it'll be, I think he's going to be a very emotional character. You know, we're so used to uh, villain characters not being emotional in a lot of ways in the Jurassic franchise and this guy he might have all the, the full range of care emotions but they might be almost selfishly driven in a way so you might have this mm. you know this grandfatherly Hammond like persona that surrounds him but the more you get to know him the more you realize no this dude is out for himself 
he uh, what 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 is that quote? Someone said, "Oh, I hope that, I, that we see him say it." It's from Jurassic Park, where he's like, "I don't give a damn about saving humanity" or something like that. That Hammond said, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, I I do wonder if we're going to see something like that from him, where like as he talks about it, and as people like basically like, "You must understand, empathize," and he just might kind of let like, "I don't give a damn about saving humanity." You know, it's about. It's about exploration, it's about discovery, it's about putting my stamp on things, you know. It's the rape of the natural world. Yeah, exactly. And while Hammond went through mental gymnastics to excuse what he was doing, and his heart was in the right place, this guy might know what he's doing, he just might not give a shit. Like, I, I think that that's like... Kind of, kind of... And I think if he... if Sorry, yeah, if he is a dark reflection of Hammond, do you think we'll see him towards the end be ripped apart by, by compies. compies I yeah. can only hope that we see him get I you know honestly though <laughs> yeah. honestly though if it's not compies I do hope that they maybe introduce maybe a new species of small dinosaur in this film uh, that can maybe fill like yeah. a compie like role because I we don't necessarily because Dieter Stark basically got Hammond's death he fell down a hill got injured got eaten by compies I feel like Definitely. we can't have another guy fall down a hill and get eaten by compies but we only had compies in the Lost World, and we only had a cameo of the compies in Jurassic Three. So I, I do hope the compies return. They're, I, they're one of my favorite dinosaurs. They're, they're like really cool, raptors, man. They're, they're they are they're, yeah, they're yeah. really cool. I, I love the design they went for them. How they have that sort of like amphibian like skin, and um, honestly, oh, definitely, they're they're lizards, you know. And I think because as well, especially it just it's very reminiscent of uh, the novels, uh, the opening of Jurassic Park with the little girl on the beach, and obviously that was seen in the Lost World. But I just. I love The Lost World, so... Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, out of all honesty, without going into another Lost World podcast, there's so much that The Lost World introduced that I really do like, and the compies are definitely one of them. Um, yeah. And I do hope they bring him back, but yeah, so let's let's talk about Jeff Goldblum and how this may link to... I mean, so what do you think he's going to do in this film? You know, okay, so I'm just going to jump right into a piece of speculation that I saw online, and I looked at it, and I kind of scoffed at it. I'm like, what are they talking about? That That's out of nowhere. I didn't scoff at it, just to be clear. I didn't actually scoff at it. I just went like, <laughs> I, I just went like, well, that's out of, you know, that's out of nowhere. I'm not sure what makes you think that. Someone said, what if, like, someone like Daniela Panita's character or Justice Smith's character, like, what if they're another child of Goldblum's? And I went like, huh? And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, wait. If another child of Goldblum's grew up hearing stories at Jurassic Park, that's either going to have two effects on you. You're either going to be mortified and stay away from that, or it's going to kind of build this sense of discovery in your heart that you want to go out there and find it. And I can almost see, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, that would be an interesting way to rope his character in if like, he's like, wait, you're kidding me? Now, instead of like my girlfriend going to the islands with the dinosaurs on them, my child is doing this. My adult <laughs> child is doing this. I cannot, like, stay away from this and let this happen because I know what happened. So, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but that's not the worst theory out there. Like, if uh, Daniela Pineda was, like, another one of, uh, one of, uh, Gold, Gold, not Goldblum's. <laughs> Daniela Pineda is one of Goldblum's children. No, um, if, uh, if her character <laughs> Malcolm. is Malcolm's, like, daughter or something along those lines. Like, the, you know, well, that's right. Me, he was always looking for the ex-Mrs. Malcolm, so, and he said, you know, what, what does he, he say? He says, about kids, kids, kids uh, hell yes, a bunch of them or something like that. 
But <laughs> yeah, I love kids. Love kids. I'm always looking for the ex Mrs. Malcolm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so he's got more more than one child. But he, <laughs> <laughs> I think, he, especially in the Lost World, he he completely changed character. We've talked about this on another character. He went into family. Uh, mode. Uh, now, can you? I mean, his character development from Jurassic Park to Lost World was unique. And then you imagine twenty years on, because it genuinely is to be twenty years on. Yeah, I mean, and I tweeted, uh, you know, I like the Lost World, and I like his character in the Lost World, but I did tweet, like, I don't want to see his Lost World character again. I want to see an evolution of his Jurassic Park character. Like, for me, even if his, like, family is involved in Jurassic World 2, I want to see his cynical, cocky, science, like, sway to science self kind of come out. And uh, Well, I think now, with everything that happened with Jurassic World, he that will give him some of that back because he's like I told you so I told you so you know it'll bring that back to him yeah kind of cocky arrogant um, hilarious kind of side to Jeff I, Goldblum I just but hope... he will always be like he was in the lost world after everything that happened to him so I think it'll be a kind of hybrid between the two I just hope they don't have Jeff Goldblum play Jeff Goldblum in this because that's been the recent trend for a lot of movies is you know he's played different characters that have a ton of his personality in him but they're unique and recently, more recent showings of Jeff Goldblum have just basically been like, hey, go out there, read the line like Jeff Goldblum, because people love you, you're Jeff Goldblum. That's the truth. I love Jeff Goldblum. I still want to see Ian Malcolm on screen and not Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's mm. a little bit more whimsical. He's a little bit more upbeat. I want to see a little bit more of that like, kind of weird, cynical uh, Jurassic Park. Like, as the way that he even says his lines and delivers his performance it's just a little different than like the way his modern performance is on uh like in independence day resurgence like that was a very he very much played jeff goldblum rather than his character yeah. from independence day and i don't want to see that disappointing because that was his kind of not you say comeback but it was like him doing a sequel yeah uh, for the first in a very long time but let's be clear i've seen a number of comments on on this casting most positive but let's be clear this is fan service but it can be a lot more than that his and character is important, not nearly as important as, like, Hammond or now Lockwood, but his character is always someone that I could have imagined getting back into the fray of things because he has that attraction to chaos. He likes to say, I told you so. Um, he, he likes to be there to tell people they're wrong. He tries to talk them out of it, but when he can't talk them out of it, he just can't help himself from being there along the ride for his own reasons. I mean, it's like almost, you know, it's like part of his personality he he can't help himself so in in this world where jurassic world becomes this global attraction and then everything collapses upon itself having ian malcolm back into the fray afterwards I, it's for me that makes sense it makes a lot more sense than alan grant i mean alan grant in my opinion great character i'd love to see him again i just don't see him getting involved with the dinosaurs unless the dinosaurs come to him at this point i i think that his character evolution after jurassic park 3 just doesn't lend itself to that and uh malcolm's i mean look he went he went to the docks when in the lost world when they brought the t-rex to the docks he went there he, what was he going to achieve by being there no he had to be there to see everything go wrong he had to be there to yeah. see it go down and that's in his personality so having malcolm back I, I i don't think it's just pure fan service i mean i hope the writing is right but i, I have a lot of faith that his character can really work in jurassic world too no i agree i really hope they bring malcolm to light again and i'm sure they will but like i said it it, it is a, a a tad bit of fan service you know bringing a character back but it's it's everybody wants it and and it can be so perfect and i'm hoping for the best that they like you said he doesn't just play jeff goldblum he plays 
Ian Malcolm 20 years on after the disaster that was San Diego and the Lost World I think it can be great and uh, so so producer Frank Marshall said I'm excited to have him back the world has changed a lot since Ian Malcolm went to Jurassic Park and we need his point of view more than ever he told us about uh, he told us about chaos theory he was right exactly and I, I think that Malcolm might be brought in maybe things are starting to kind of have a snowball effect where you know everything's kind of after the events of Jurassic World maybe you know maybe some of the elements of the book might even come to play like you know there's some dinosaurs spotting like some small dinosaurs spotted on mainland Costa Rica this is happening that is happening and they're probably going to you know biological experts um, dinosaur experts things like that for advice but they're probably going to Malcolm because they're like well you did say everything was going to go wrong I mean you're a bit of an alarmist and your theories are basically your theories are summed up with you can't control anything and everything is going to go to hell but I could still see people kind of going to him it's like okay you've been involved with these things twice before what is your perspective what do we do yeah what is your perspective and he might go uh nothing uh you're fucked <laughs> a great impression a great impression uh no i think i think it's so fascinating i'm i mean this is the news we've all been waiting for and uh, i mean what else it's just so exciting um it's just so good well you know what here's you know i think it's rather telling that colin Trevorrow tweeted this uh retweeted this tweet um i, I think that this might give us a perspective oh, on, yeah i this think this gives great. us a perspective on ian malcolm's character in jurassic world 2 and uh so i I don't know her her name. You can go to Colin Trevorrow's Twitter page and figure out her name. Um, but she says, Chris Pratt, I have a squad of velociraptors and I am the alpha. Jeff Goldblum, what the fuck? <laughs> and Colin Trevorrow <laughs> yeah. retweeted that. And I think that, that gives us a little bit of perspective on what Ian Malcolm's character is. He's not he's not coming in like, yeah, let's go, guys. Let's let me team up with Claire and Owen, and I'm to- like I'm totally on board with everything they're doing. Like he might be like, you know, I like you guys, but. Your, your maniacs and you know mm. Owen thinking that he has this unique relationship with the Raptors I mean and we've seen it it is unique but he's probably going to come in and be it like it doesn't work yeah he's going to come in and he's going to be like y- you know that that's that's blinding you to the dangers of these animals um yeah. they you know they are animals but let's be clear they're they're the most dangerous invasive species that this earth has ever seen um, and that, that is the truth. I mean, dinosaurs will be the most dangerous invasive species that the Earth has ever seen. They're from a different era. They would take over the ecosystem. They would destroy the natural ecosystem. And, you know, when invasive species are introduced, it has a chain reaction. You know, it can affect crops. It's not just, you know, it's not like, you know, if you have compies eating rabbits or something like that, it, that's not where it ends. It goes down the food chain. And it goes right back up, and it will affect humans, and it would cause mass extinctions. It would call it would just it would disrupt the entire flow of things if dinosaurs slowly but surely became integrated into the ecosystem. Mm. No, it really would, and I and I think um, as well that kind of leads on to so Lockwood Estate, Lockwood Manor. Do we think that's on the mainland, or do we think that's on one of the five deaths, or do we think that's on Sauna? I, you know, you know what I mean. It, this is the interesting one, though. So, here's the thing. I was like, a mansion, it can't be on one of the islands, but I feel like it's got to be on one of the islands if there's going to be dinosaurs there, but we don't know there's going to be dinosaurs there. But it looks like we're spending a lot of time in the mansion, so wouldn't it be on one of the islands? I've been going through all these mental like gymnastics and questions in my head, um, and now knowing that he's been Hammond's partner, I'm like, oh, 
well, yeah, I can totally be on one of the islands now because he was Hammond's partner. Yeah, for some reason, if this dude wanted to build his manor on one of the islands, it totally can be. I don't know why, you know, why that would necessarily be the best idea. Um, if it were Sorna, I don't think that it's there. I don't think it's Nublar. But uh, I was thinking, like, you know, what if it is one of the five deaths? Do We don't know if Injun owned them, but we know that that chain of islands that are all close to Sorna uh, were, you know, imply- it was implied that there were dinosaurs on those other islands as well. Because otherwise, why would, you know, everyone call it the five deaths? So, yeah, maybe he's got a mansion in one of the five deaths. Or maybe it's in the States or somewhere else. Who knows? I, I honestly, what are you thinking? Yeah, but but that's the most interesting thing. And I think uh, we, we can talk about the set pictures that have been uh, released. Uh, well, not released. I guess people went, saw the set. There was InGen-esque vehicles, you know, the big army kind of trucks, uh, dinosaur transport, cages that look like... Um, I mean, they were... They're very reminiscent of the vehicles that were in the Lost World. Yes, and on Sauna. The only thing so it's, it's really missing are engine logos. Yeah, but I think Assis pointed out in his article that the some of the vehicles, or at least one of them, is way back was built in the eighties. So it doesn't, you know, it kind of hints that this these vehicles are possibly already on the island. Yeah, exactly. In engines or Mizrani's kind of, you know, it's so easy to make assumptions. Like we see that, like, oh, they must be yeah. transporting dinosaurs or anything like that. And meanwhile, you might go to a set that there's just like all these vehicles that like park there over the ages with like a layer of like grime over them. And it's like, oh. What do you know? These vehicles aren't be dri- aren't being driven around with dinosaurs being transported through them. We're seeing the relics of a different era. Um, exactly. Yeah. That, like when in the Lost World and Jurassic Three, when we go through the uh, communications buildings. Yes. And you see all those, you know, dated and uh, whatever vehicles. I mean, could you? And you can trace those vehicles now to other projects, other films that uh, Universal made. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Uh, the Internet Movie Car Database, I think it is. Um, genuinely has all those vehicles that are in the Lost World that are just sitting there and you know the one Malcolm gets in and the rap yeah, yeah. at him um, you can actually cha- ch- uh, follow that vehicle to all the really? other films that it's been in yeah, I never yeah. even knew about it's this not, yeah yeah they're all uh, they're all like repurposed reused for other projects so you could be right about these vehicles they literally could just be placeholders they could just be sitting I, I mean, set. looking at some of those cages on the backs of them, they do look kind of custom made for the idea of dinosaurs. So, I mean, <laughs> they certainly do. Because I mean, if you look up, like we looked up at some of the vehicles, like what they normally look like, and you're looking at it, you're like, okay, it's not as crazy custom done as like some of the vehicles in the Lost World where they had like armor bars over the windows. But like the dino cages on the back, they're <laughs> they're not like standard fare horse cages or anything like that. You, do you know what I mean? Like they're a little bit more. Mm. There's there's more to them than that, and they all appear to be something made. Um, and some of them particularly, like they've got the, like the large. I'm like, oh, that one looks like it would fit a Stegosaurus because it's got like the dome, like sort of like the doming up on top of it for the plates. And I have no idea if that's actually what they're putting in there or if anything gets put in there. But the implication that they're dinosaur transport units is pretty clear to me. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious based on on the look of them. And I love the look Uh, of them. I love how it's very industrial and very real. I was almost worried that we'd get, like, a lot of um, dinosaur transport units or something that looked sort of like the gyrosphere, um, which I I don't... I don't want to see any more dinosaur holograms or anything like that. If we see the gyrosphere again, okay. I'm not particularly interested in seeing it again but i wouldn't hate it again what i don't want is a lot of vehicle development in that art style it works for jurassic world yeah no i'm with you it it worked for a futuristic dinosaur park um that was doomed to fail 
I now it's been so long, and I think we need to see vehicles that are reminiscent of the original movies and reminiscent of the style of Jurassic Park. Nice and dark, nice and grimy, nice and Jurassic movie. Park has always been and an adventure, to see. an adventure movie. And I think exactly. yeah, I think that that's the thing is it's supposed to be something real, something you can touch, something palpable. Um, I think that having something that's like real is kind of like military-looking vehicles and stuff like that. I think that that um. I think that adds a, an element to it. You know, you have that safari, that safari feeling. Mm. Um, a gyrosphere yeah. doesn't give you a safari feeling. And you can create fictional vehicles that give you a safari feeling, but, like, things like dinosaur holograms and gyrospheres, they don't give me a safari feeling. I really do want that safari adventure out in the grime, out in the thick of it type of... And I think we're going to get that now because Jurassic World's obviously closed. It's in ruins, however you want to think of it. It's not open again. So we know that it's going to be returning to dinosaurs are now free on the island. So we know we're returning to Nublar. The dinosaurs are out. The dinosaurs are free. They're not in their paddocks. So in a way, they kind of have to go that way. They have to go the armored vehicle. They have to go the weaponry. They have to be protected so yeah. yeah, I think we're going to start to see a very. It it genuinely does begin. It's beginning to feel a lot like the Lost World, um, in style and tone. And I think that's personally what I want. And I think for a sequel to Jurassic, that's kind of how it needs to be. It needs to paint these dinosaurs as terrifying animals that protect themselves, uh, regardless of who you are. Yeah. And I think in in Jurassic World, a, a little bit along the way for me, it kind of lost that with the Velociraptors being trained and appreciating Owen I think everything felt everything felt synthetic and uh, not everything I'm sorry um some things really felt synthetic like the gyrosphere sequence I've talked about it before where the dinosaurs like running next to the gyrosphere nothing about that felt real to me and I'm not talking about the visuals I'm just talking about the way the animals behaved even it felt too much like a theme park trying to show off its new attraction like something about it just didn't resonate with me and I think in this movie I think we're going to see wild animals where uh, Masrani Global and Jurassic World isn't trying to influence the interaction with humans. You're gonna have wild animals finally being wild animals again, and um, I think that it just it's gonna land closer to my heart of what I associate with the Jurassic franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so we saw Frank Marshall shared another set photo. Yes. Um, Almost at the halfway point. He shared this uh, a couple of days ago now. Which makes me eat my Frank Marshall, Pat Crowley, the other two producers, chairs. And uh, Bayona's chair in the background, and the big reveal, big dinosaur, the mystery di- <laughs> the mystery dinosaur the statue, mystery dino. Yeah. It- so when I was writing this article, I was assuming that it was a Matriacanthosaurus. Did I say it right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. First time I've ever said that word, <laughs> Matriacanthosaurus. Um, I mean, it looks like one, sort of. And a few I other mean, people were pointing it- out it looks like that, and then it kind of also doesn't it yeah it really doesn't it just sort of so it's like when you look at the dinosaur list of isla nublar on jurassic world you look at all the dinosaurs on that list the only one that it sort of looked like was a metriocanthosaurus um mm-hmm. yeah so when nedry is opening the embryo storage containers you can see that name it goes past it we've never seen yes, a dinosaur it's on, in the movie it's in before. the park map on in jurassic world as well yeah so we know that they bred these dinosaurs obviously this uh location picture that frank marshall put up is in the manor it's in lockwood mansion so we know that this isn't a live dinosaur this is a we're assuming this is a diorama this is a statue yeah some people have suggested um hunting uh like a taxidermy animal which i love the idea of by the way um 
But the more I look at it, it just doesn't look like that to me. It looks like it's meant to be a statue. And I think, you know, what's interesting now knowing who Lockwood is, is he has these dinosaurs that sort of look off. Like, this one has four fingers. Did you notice it has... Ryan pointed it out to me. I only saw the, the, I only um, saw the three fingers when we were talking about Metriacanthosaurus, but Ryan pointed it out, and that statue has a thumb, like an Indominus Rex. Yeah, and the claws are very raptor-esque, and the, the, the kind of face, the whole head is very... It's more aggressive than you imagine a metric and that previous leak where I completely am eating my words because I assumed it was an animatronic and now it's very clear another one of these diorama statues you were right Ryan and Justin and a lot of other people uh yeah <laughs> I really I man I, I missed oh man I really screwed that one up didn't I <laughs> You're never going to live this one down, Chris No I, I mean I was really 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 wrong with that my god um I um so you know that they looked a little off also we were talking about like why doesn't it look like the original Dilophosaurus it looks sort of like a raptor and everything like that and I think it's sort of telling about Lockwood's character isn't it you know these dinosaurs all look a little off they all feel a little off they all look a little more monstrous they all look a little fake a little just the, if- I could almost imagine again this is just based out of pure speculation but I could almost just imagine like the script saying like uh a private collection filled with dinosaurs and statues of dinosaurs, but this something about the statues feels off and sinister. You know, like the depiction of the dinosaurs, like they just don't seem quite right. That that in my head is what I see right there. Like I see this image of like it's beautiful, and then but then something kind of feels a little wrong about it. And I think that that's what we're looking at. They, you know, they didn't make them clunky because they still wanted to make it visually appealing to look at in the film, but it, it feels off to me. Do you know what I mean? And this is this is what Jack Horner said about the what we believe is the Triceratops uh, statue in that first official set picture. He said Fakeosaurus. First thing he said, and he said it's not a Triceratops. But obviously, if if we're going for this, if if Lockwood's Manor is filled with kind of almost almost right dinosaur species looking, I mean, this Metriacanthosaurus has this spine. I don't think it's kind a, of sail in going up retrospect. Back, right? I don't even think it's a Metriacanthosaurus. I, I, I the more I think about it. I, I'm not really sure if it has a name. It might just be Lockwood Dino, scary looking Dino One. I mean, maybe. I mean, if it's a Metricanthosaurus, then goddamn, we got lucky. Because the more I look at it, like, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I it just no. I'm with you there. When I was writing the article, and then you you came online, you were like, I don't think it is, and it was like, yeah. Do you know what? It really doesn't. It has the same sort of shape, same body, has the same kind of what would you call it? I guess layout, but there's a lot different about it um and obviously we're only seeing it through a reflection or at least i think it's actually we're seeing that through a panel yeah of through a panel of glass I think the ref- like uh, yeah i think the reflection let's talk about the reflection um so we can see a t-rex head yeah a t-rex in the back below the tail I've seen, I've seen some people most definitely a t-rex i've seen some people speculate that it might not be a reflection but it's rather a um like a mural in the background of the diorama and it's just being distorted via the glass but like I don't know. I, I see it as a reflection, to be honest with to you. To me, it's a reflection because you can... It's such an obscure... It can't really... No, it's a reflection for sure. And I think we're seeing it through like an open doorway or something, which leads me to the possibility that it is an animatronic head. But I, I, I doubt that purely based on this manner. Yeah, I, I mean, having... I don't know why a T-Rex would be you know, there. Unless it's literally like a doorway 
of the set is open and like you're yeah, seen yeah. into like a warehouse or something that's over there like oh yeah and there's a t-rex over there maybe that's why even maybe that's why frank marshall chose that photo because like maybe he was just kind of like Haha, you can see the animatronic but just barely like you know it's possible yeah. that he might be like i'm gonna tweet this photo this will get people to discuss it because when we thought if this if this species is a new dinosaur, we thought surely he didn't make a mistake, <laughs> you know, and didn't even see it. Yeah, <laughs> in the picture, just kind of rushed the pic. Yeah, exactly. But like, no, this wait, is, this is I only meant to tweet a picture of my chairs. There's a dinosaur in the back. Oh God, no! Oh, Ja's gonna kill damn me. It, damn it. <laughs> and then he's like, "Let's announce Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, cover, cover." <laughs> but I think it's it's a really great picture. It's really interesting, and I think um, we can assume that the mansion set is at Pinewood so yes. you could be right in that this open doorway leads to another set and that's why we're seeing the T-Rex head at this point we don't know but you like some many shadows there's lots of people there's crew members yeah there's potentially actors there it's a it's a <laughs> I like these kind of pictures because the more you look the more you see yeah exactly no oh my god you know what I'm really looking forward to the, the most now really now like it's, I'm really like I've got the, after Goldblum kind of knew that one was coming I knew that one was coming um and uh <laughs> how long have we been sitting on that one Chris since August <laughs> yeah um yeah uh it's like one of the one thing that we knew um and uh but you know what really got me excited now is the Lockwood announcement like who he is that has me more excited than actually Goldblum but it's not like I'm not excited for Goldblum. It's just because that has my story implication going. Like, oh my God, Hammond had a partner. We're gonna meet this partner. We're gonna like to me. That's bringing this story into a direction that I really am interested in. I just love this uh, this dynamic. Like, what is that dynamic gonna be with Claire and Owen and Doctor Wu? Um, you know, Malcolm. Yeah, isn't it interesting? I mean, they've introduced a lot of new characters in this movie, and um, I mean, you can you can see in Jurassic World there was not many characters in Jurassic Park there were not many characters in the Lost World there were a lot of characters there were a lot of different parties involved in the story and I think that's what we're going to see with Jurassic World 2 we don't know what half of the new cast members are doing or yeah. playing we only know what James Cromwell's doing and I think that's so exciting and dude Hammond had a partner he had a part like he had a like like what so you know what's you know what something that also talking about these new characters I found interesting is it seems like Daniela Pineda um She's filmed more than um, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. Certainly seems that way. She's in France at the moment, I think. Yeah, she to her finally. By the way, if you're not following Daniela Pineda on Instagram, do it because she's hilarious and uh, she sometimes. Well, actually, she doesn't do it anymore. But she Snapchat. Uh, she live stories from set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she posts some cool pictures. She's she's really good to follow. But yeah, we. She, it seems like she is the lead. Uh, yeah, I really. And when they announced her, they they definitely said she's the new lead, or she's a lead, a, a lead character. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, something that's interesting to me is like I, I think when it comes to the most important characters in this movie, in terms of their story to be told, um, I think it's going to be Owen and Claire are going to be a big driving force. I think that Wu is going to be a big driving force. I think Malcolm and Lockwood. But I'm almost wondering if we're going to view this story a lot of this story through uh, and have an emotional arc like character growth through uh, Daniela Pineda's character and maybe Justice Smith uh, maybe Rafi Spall Rafe Spall I, have I figured out how to pronounce that yet because I think we Toby Jones Ted Levine I think it's Rafe Spall Rafe okay 
Um, we had a whole. <laughs> we had a whole. <laughs> we landed on it. something before. And I don't we remember. What it I was, was saying Rafe and Rafi. No, I think it's Rafe's ball. Um, but it's like Colin Trevorrow. You know, I always said Trevorrow, and then it was like, no, it's Trevorrow. No, no, no. I always said Trevorrow, and then yeah. everybody said, no, it's Trevorrow. Yeah. And then today, um, the dude in Star Wars, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy, Luke Skywalker. What's the actor? Uh, Mark Hamill. Um, yeah, Mark Hamill did an interview, and he was like Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Okay, I mean, he's working I with him. I think it's so Trevorrow, maybe. though, because I'm pretty sure I remember even, like, someone saying, it's Trevorrow, like, tomorrow. So unless someone pronounces tomorrow, like, tomorrow. 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 Okay. So. Yeah, no. But anyway, I don't know what led us to that, but Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. No, um, so you know what? Something that there's been a lot of conversation about is a lot of people are assuming that Jeff Goldblum's only going to have a small cameo in Jurassic World 2. Mm. I, you know, first of all, I don't think so, but second of all, if it were just going to be a small cameo, they honestly wouldn't announce it. I'm not saying his role is going to be huge, but if it were just, like, a quick, like, interview with him on TV or something like a real quick one-off like that, they would not announce his casting. Like I, I think I think hands down that's one of the more telling things. I'm not saying that he's going to be in like half the movie, but he's he's not going to be like uh oh Jeff Goldblum sighting and okay, yep, that was cool. Okay, yeah, that was our little uh cameo or little yeah. fan, it's not going to be like a fan service cameo, is I think what he's going to be. No, a he definitely character. has an important role And obviously and Frank Marshall even basically said that in that his little uh blurb that you read over earlier you know he he has an important perspective to tell the story through his character so i mean yeah, yeah no he- we need his his point of view more than ever um so yeah he definitely has an important role um i think i'm gonna read out some of these quotes from james cromwell um so just before he revealed his character name uh he was talking very positively about the movie it seems like he's really enjoying working on something so big but he said uh, money is no object. You take your time and do whatever you need to. The director, Bayona, bless his heart, was trying to fight off all of these executives. And then he said, I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, so just... that's an interesting one. I mean, <laughs> this guy don't, you don't care. He just starts talking. He <laughs> goes, oh, 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 well, I said it now. <laughs> oh, well, I said it. I said it. <laughs> um, but I think that's so interesting. I mean, we know directors... Uh, fight off executives from studios all the time. It's kind of part of the exactly. process of the big Hollywood picture. Just to be clear, a fight doesn't necessarily mean like a negative fight. It's more of like a debate on a discussion. Like, hey guys, I really want to shoot in Hawaii with our actors and build sets there. And they're going, look, let's just shoot plates in Hawaii and we can film the sets here. And Bayona could go, no, it's really important that we get out there into the grime. And they go, but look, we can save money. And like that's like that's not like really a fight. That's a discussion. That's a creative discussion. And I, I, I don't want people to sensationalize that quote too, too much because we really don't have the context, and that's a pretty normal part of the filmmaking process. However, it still is an interesting quote. Yeah, no, definitely. And he had a lot of positive to say about the movie, and we know that it's... I mean, we know that they're doing some amazing things. So he said the prop people have made wonderful things, the set people have made wonderful things. There's just so much money and so much power and so much prestige it's Jurassic Park, it's unreal and then you do your work and instead of doing it in a room, you're doing it in a football field size set with real recreations of dinosaurs Uh, and then he goes on to say about they were bringing in actual dinosaur replicas from a museum in America and it's just 
they're really going all out for this movie. Jurassic World was a huge success, and now they can really put... I guess you could say they could put all their eggs in one basket with this movie, and it's... Yeah, I mean, well, Goldblum. You know, I mean, that we... <laughs> Goldblum. Um, no, yeah, Goldblum. I, you know, I really... It'd be really interesting to see um, if if uh, Malcolm gets a scene with Lockwood, and if he's just going to be like, you know, who are you again? Like, where have you been all these years? Uh, why have yeah. you been hiding in the shadows? When those, yeah, like why you know, when the, when the disaster in San Diego? Why didn't you? Yeah, step why out? should like, we trust you? Really like, yeah, you're it. coming out saying like, oh, you're going to deal with the uh, backlash now. You're going to deal with the blowback. You know, we know that the movie has some sort of, like, save the dinosaurs plot. Frank Marshall tweeted a picture where it's like, we can save them and save our sores. Um, but, you know, assuming that maybe he's even helping run those uh, campaigns to save the dinosaurs, I can almost even see Malcolm be like, and why should I trust you? Like, you know, up to a year and a half ago, I didn't know you existed. And now you suddenly want to yeah. be the good guy in the spotlight. What are your motives? For me, it's sending. Could, it's almost the he's being the audience, isn't he? Malcolm will represent the audience view of it. It's like, yeah, where has Lockwood been in the franchise? Yeah, if he supposedly is uh, Hammond's partner. Yeah, I think it's just so fascinating. Like we said at the beginning of this podcast, it ex- it's expanding the mythology of the franchise in a very positive way. And it it it, I mean, this leads on to potential. What's Lockwood been doing? Yeah, that's what. What other me. projects does he have going? And, you know, if he was Hammond's partner, he clearly loves dinosaurs as much as Hammond or loves the thrill of it. What's he been well, doing? This really brings me back to that open source quote from, like, what, a year and a half ago now or so, um, where it's like, what yeah. if other people are making dinosaurs? Well, what if Lockwood has, maybe he, he split with Injun, he split with Hammond for whatever reason, but what if he's been making his own dinosaurs this entire time? Um, what if he has his own dinosaurs? Like, what if we're introduced to this location? It's like, oh, and by the way, I've been able to keep this secret because I kept it very small, but ta-da! And it's like, oh, shit, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm I, just wondering if that's maybe where that open source quote came from. Um, you know, where did, did Biosyn, did Dotson know about Lockwood? Did, um, did... Dodson work for Lockwood. Did Lockwood get locked out of engine? This is it. Was yeah. If 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 they if Hammond and Lockwood split, if Lockwood's a bit of a badass, if he's a bit of a dick, then you know maybe all this time after Jurassic Park, Dodson and Biosyn were working with Lockwood, like you said, and all this time there's been something brewing, and now it's about to explode. Yeah, you know. Now it's about to. Break you know, free he might and, be a good guy, but I don't think even if he's kind of a good guy, I don't think you can trust him. He might not be a like a bad bad guy, but I don't think you can trust him. He hasn't been in the spotlight for so long that there's there's just there's a story to be told there, and I I'm very very um. Like, if I were in the character's perspectives, I would be very wary of dealing with him. Uh, and I get the feeling that his he might come off with, like, a grandfatherly persona just to kind of disarm people and make them trust him. Because, you know, it's a pretty common persona to to have faith in, to trust in. And I think that it's going to be quite interesting to see how it plays out. I, I'm really... Uh, I'm that's just an so interesting excited. point, because the, the daughter, then... Let's talk about Lucy. So she could potentially be hit, uh, the grandchild yeah, of Lockwood. Yeah, because she was in this mansion and like you said he gives off this nice grandfather look at a lovely lovely persona and what if he puts her in danger that's a 
that's a bad thing and we know based on her character description or at least the audition description that she has to deal with some very emotional moments um, some very difficult moments so that that's fascinating yeah in fact i'm i'm saying i think lucy's the grandchild yeah i i i bet you that lucy is um lockwood's grandchild that would make sense lucy lockwood that's a weird name <laughs> yeah lucy lockwood i like it though um um and then obviously we don't know much about any of the other characters what who they play but geraldine chaplin um we're thinking is either lockwood's wife or hammond's widow that would also be interesting if Hammond does have a widow, and then she kind of comes in like, oh, no, 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 Lockwood, like, I know what you're about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What if she's the sort of middle ground between the characters that have no idea who Lockwood is? And Or maybe she's just she a private benefactor. You know, maybe she is just someone else, like, she's not necessarily related to Hammond, related to Lockwood. No, but... she's married to someone, all right? <laughs> no, I mean, no, she, yeah, it could she be. might yeah, be, yeah. like, she just might be another source of power you know i imagine after the events of jurassic world a lot of people there's going to be a lot of power plays going on a lot of people are going to be scrambling to gain control of that technology um for various reasons you know some some of the reasons will probably be more sinister than others and ultimately we know somebody was running the show and it wasn't hoskins for Wu's side project with the hybrids and you know what if that was lockwood you know what if lockwood had an influence on that you know either there's so many questions that i have now about all this that mm. the story has just finally like opened up to this point where it's like oh it's not just a rescue mission like there there, there is there there are things going on essentially yeah and it, like you said we still don't know much about it but i think i mean this tied to me over this is great i mean i was happy with that set picture and not knowing anything else until the trailer but this this has really got the conversation going. This is the whole Malcolm thing, the whole Lockwood thing. I just want to see their costumes. The like, I want to see Malcolm and Lockwood's costumes so badly. Yeah, I want to see what Malcolm looks like after all this time, because we know now he's got grey hair. He's, uh, If you've seen, he's Chef Goldblum. He's been uh, opening a food truck in yeah. Australia, right? In New South Wales? Yeah. So he, he's uh, he's not filming at the moment. He may have been filming already. We they don't could know. Have Nobody easily, spotted him on set. They could have easily filmed with him, because out of all honesty... Um, we have, you know, it's not like anyone's like been like, oh, we spotted James Cromwell going to the set, or we spotted Toby Jones no, going exactly. to the set. Yeah. Like, you know, he doesn't. He could he could easily have been on set. I imagine that they would be more closed sets with very very like as much of a skeleton crew as possible just to stop it from leaking out. But yeah, I, I imagine they probably film stuff. And that's another thing that I saw a lot of people go. Like, people were freaking out. They're like, "Why are they just casting him now? Oh God, they're rewriting the movie in the middle of making it." That no, no, no. Casting announcements are strategically placed throughout production. The casting happens before production begins, but they will strategically announce them at certain points. Um, it's just part of you know because a casting. Wait, people didn't really think that. No, there was a lot was of there was a lot of people kind of thinking like, "Oh God." Why has he just been cast when the movie's almost halfway done filming? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, it doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this casting happened um, well before, um, well before, yeah. actually. Like, well, well before. Yeah, I mean, before I everyone he, else, he, actually, other than, like, Owen and Claire. I think he's been in early drafts from the get-go. Uh, I think it was always the plan to have him in number two. And I think it's such a strong move on Colin and, and whoever's behalf. I think it's a great move to bring Malcolm back. He's the only logical character to really return. Obviously, Ellie Sattler, I'd love to see return, but Malcolm is the staple. Malcolm and Alan Grant. And 
Alan Grant makes no sense to return, as we said earlier. Again, yeah. And he even Sam Neill believes his character's probably dead. So well, you know, he, I he think, just uh, knows how to play coy. He basically knows how to get people talking. Yeah, to yeah. Kind of play like you know, he plays. <laughs> he it may sarcastic. be in number three. Could you imagine that? That would be really interesting. Um, I think that would be. He would cool. have to be a limited cameo, like for for him to get involved though. Sam Neill to me feels more like Sam uh, Sam service uh, fan service uh, than than. Yeah. I mean, I love him, but. God, Sam Seal with the Sam service—it's yeah. <laughs> just it's too much. No, I mean, I, it's a bit. You'd have to really have a good reason to get him involved, and I'm not saying that that's not possible, but it, it certainly doesn't write itself the way that Malcolm does, in my in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm with you there. Malcolm makes sense to come back, as we said at the very beginning. Um, but yeah, this is such. It's been a crazy day. Oh. It's. All that's, all that I've been talking about today is Malcolm and, and Lockwood, Lockwood now. Yeah, it's so. I mean, the Lockwood news just broke like the, what, two, three hours ago tops. Not long ago at all. Yeah, so you know we're halfway through filming and they announced Goldblum. Um, Chris, uh, so I'll just I'll just mention this briefly. Um, Chris Pratt's been doing the rounds for Guardians of the Galaxy two. Uh, he's been talking about you know everybody. Everybody's asking about Jurassic World two. He can't say a word. NDA signed. Uh, the only thing he said was, um, "Bayona's a remarkable filmmaker. If you haven't seen The Impossible or The Monster Calls, he's he's really visually masterful. Deep emotions and suspense." Um, and then he said about Jurassic World Two, "I think it's going to be a scarier version, a little bit darker, and will continue to expand and carry the story forward in a way that's really unexpected, and you wouldn't have imagined." Now, obviously, like you said, this is just kind of. He's not allowed to say anything, so he's saying the keywords, the buzzwords, but the, a little bit darker and, you know, scarier. It's something we've heard from the beginning, yeah. and I do hope they live up to that. I want this movie to be scary. I mean, at the very least, I want it to take itself more seriously the way Jurassic Park did, as opposed to Jurassic World, where Jurassic World, it had very serious scenes, and then it injected humor, like, almost either in the middle of them or right after to like break the tension to kind of make you go oh okay <laughs> like that was that was fun okay that was scary there for a second but oh okay i'm laughing now i, I can breathe again <laughs> it's all right um, children it's okay and i jurassic park didn't do that and i, I, yeah. I just going back to that sort of taking itself a little bit more seriously and you know what the tone kind of works for jurassic world you have this open park it kind of does fit the tone but uh, you know i i think that you, when you have Colin, Colin, like in a lot of quotes, you know, said, "Hey, I'm making this movie for my five year old son." I, I, I don't think Bayona is necessarily making this movie for a five year old son. I think he's making a Jurassic Park movie, and so I think I think that yeah, as far as I'm aware, Bayona doesn't have children as well, so he doesn't really have that kind of agenda going for him. He he's making a Jurassic Park movie for a Jurassic Park audience. I think that's so exciting. Yeah, and I think though, as we know with the original Jurassic Park, making a Jurassic Park movie for a Jurassic Park audience is still quite it still has a wide appeal for the general audience um so yeah, yeah i mean definitely we, we spoke about this before jurassic park appeals to everyone yeah, exactly there's nobody that doesn't like that movie and if they do then you gotta question who they are as a person <laughs> it's like it's like somebody that doesn't like dogs you know if somebody doesn't I, like dogs you're like, you're like okay you? were you bitten by you know one I mean? when you were young because if you're that i understand yeah, what but happened other, what led but to this? otherwise if you're like eh, i don't know they just don't do anything for me it's like you're a serial killer, aren't you? You're right. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Wild assumptions on the in general podcast, but no, it's true. If somebody's nervous or scared of a dog, I'm like, why? You got to tell me why. But it's the same, you know. If somebody doesn't like Jurassic Park, you're like, but how can you not? I mean, I know we're mega fans, but it's just it appeals to everyone. Spielberg made these movies for everybody. It- and it's so true in the franchise. It's for children. It's for the elder generation. It's for the middle generation. It's for us. It's a movie that children can enjoy, everyone. but it's not. It's not made with the uh, the limitations of a movie made for children. Um, you know what I mean? Like certain, there are certain caveats yeah. to a movie made for children. And uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, they, they don't adhere to them. And uh, I, I think that's important to kind of really capture that feeling, that mythos. And I mean, it's a dinosaur movie. Dinosaurs are so fascinating. It should be, it should be fun. It should be adventurous, and it should be scary. Um, should be scary because massive. guess what? Real <laughs> animals that live today are scary. Rhinos are beautiful. They're yeah. amazing. They're dangerous as hell. Um, you know, hippos. Yeah. They're goofy looking, and they are absolutely savage. Um, any animal movie where you have these really the, these. These key, I mean, even like deer. I'm I'm more frightened of deer than I am of bears. When I was in like in Alaska, I was afraid of like getting murdered by a moose, even though it was around bear all the time. Um, like I think I think that's a little bit of a sidetrack there, but um, I think it's important to remember animals can be dangerous. You 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 can't tame them always. You can't control them. You can't quite predict them. They are naturally animals, so they're not just on. They're not murder beasts. But you have to be cautious around them. And when you have a smaller island filled yeah, with apex predators from a different era, it should in their own it's scary. Wild, you just, wild. You animals. can't predict yeah. them. You cannot predict them, and you are in their territory. But they're not even in their territory instinctually, so they're never going to feel one hundred percent comfortable. It, you know. Yeah, they have no idea. What's the quote? They have no idea what century they're in, and they'll defend themselves by any violently, dangerously. You know, and. That rings true throughout the franchise, and it's something um, that is really going to return here. And like we were saying about children, it's good to be scared. You know, when when I used to be, when I was really young, uh, back when I was a child, um, you know, I used to watch Jurassic Park, and I used to fast-forward the Dilophosaurus scene with Ned. <laughs> I couldn't watch that scene. As soon as he got in the Jeep, I fast-forwarded, you know, up until a certain age, because it used to terrify me, but in a good way. Now I watch that scene, and I love that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. And it's because it drives that fear, that um, being scared of almost the unknown, you know, where it's kind of sticking its head out the tree. He can't see it. You can't see it. It's brilliant. And I think that's what I really hope we get back in this movie. Not let's not, you know, terrify kids. So they're screaming out the theater. But like, I mean, we don't need gore. We don't need gore. Although if we can get a death that's on par, it's not about gore, if we can get right? a death that's on par to Eddie you... Carr being ripped in half, that would be pretty cool. But I don't. I don't yeah, want. I don't want a rated R death. movie. I mean, though. it's it's a brutal. death. I don't want a rated R. No, no, no. But it's a brutal yeah. death. But you don't. It's in the dark. It's in the light. There's lightning, so it's a kind of back and forth. You see half of it. You're like, well, they definitely ripped him in yeah. two. But you don't see the go. You don't see his. Yeah, I don't need to see out. that. <laughs> like there, there, there are no, no, so no, many movies. There's so many Same good movies Nedry's out death. there that do that already. Like you know, like I, you know, that's what I like about Alien. Like if they're an Alien movie without it shocking you with the visuals, I'd be like, huh. But I don't want that for Jurassic Park. I'm not saying I want Jurassic Park to adhere to like family movie standards either, but I don't need the gore. I just need it to be scary. In fact, a lot of times gore can take away from the fear. Sometimes the unknown can be scary. Sometimes less is more when it comes to fear. That's exactly what it's about. And you, and you know what? Joe Johnston made such an amazing point when he was directing Captain America. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but he was blogging while he was directing Captain America. And there was this really fascinating read. And it's rung true you know as a filmmaker myself as trying to make films independent filmmaker uh, this this quote still runs true and i still say this 
uh, when when we're talking about movies, he was talking about Rosemary's Baby, and obviously it's about a, a group group of people that live next to um, uh, sorry, it's about a couple, a young couple that live next to a bunch of Satanists, right? And they take the baby and they it's described that they you know rip the eyes out and blah blah blah. Yeah. It's it's very gruesome, you know. It's a um, what do you call it? A sacrifice. Um, and Joe Johnson always always thought he loved the movie, but he always when he talked about it he hadn't seen it in years he always imagined that you see the baby and his, he was having an argument with his wife and his wife's like you never see the baby and he's like you do you see the gore in its eyes you see it and then he rewatched the movie and he realised you never see that scene it's just the the reaction it's the unknown and that's what it is the fear of the unknown it's, yeah, it's what you exactly. don't see that is that is what's scary and that's the same it rings all the best filmmakers use this tactic it's why um, Spielberg is such a fascinating filmmaker because in Jurassic Park, when Nedry dies, you don't see it. Yeah, ex- you just hear it. It's what you don't see. Your imagination is left to run wild about what's going on in that car. Same with Rosemary's Babies. Your imagination is left to create what happened to the baby. Or even more so, so what happened to the cow in Jurassic Park? You don't see anything. You see the cow go down there and then the bushes start rattling. But what I find that works so well is when you hear the raptor sounds and the camera's panning and the camera kind of does this thing where you almost imagine the camera is following a jumping velociraptor as it pounces on the cow. Even though you don't see either one of them, the camera does a motion that suggests a raptor tracking along the ground and then pouncing to airborne and landing on the back of the cow. You hear that. (laughs) Like, and you're just like, oh. And like, then you see everyone's reactions. And you 100% feel like you just watched a Velociraptor decimate a cow, even though you didn't see a thing other than, uh, uh, other than shaking bushes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the fear of the unknown. And I think that's what I really hope we get back in Jurassic World 2. Um, on that note, Chris, just before we wrap up, let's talk about the cast members. So we've got Jeff Goldblum. He joins Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, B.D. Wong, Daniela Pineda, Justice Smith, Toby Jones. It's <gasps> a long cast list. <laughs> Rafe Spall, Geraldine Chaplin, Ted Levine, and James Cromwell. And Plus whomever's playing Lucy, Lucy, who we believe is Brooke Nor- Norberry. Um, that, Brooke Norberry. That's a huge cast. So that's a huge cast. That's a lost world number of cast members, and you can start to separate them: who's playing with who, who's going to be with who. It's fascinating, and I'm the next few months on Twitter. I need to see. It's going to be fascinating. I need to see costume photos. Like that's kind of like what I want to see now. From now on, is like maybe J. A. Biona tweeting a picture of like like a group photo, like a, like a uh, like a like a promo photo of them in costume. Like I really do want to see that now so badly. I, now that they've announced Goldblum, that would be Or I would love really to see great. them all in a room together just doing like a script read or something like that. Like when they're not in costume from very early on. How cool would it be just to see Jeff Goldblum in the same room as all those other people? Yeah. Um so I think out of the cast members that I really want to see, though, you know, what they look like, what they're dressed like, Daniela Pineda and Rafe Spall. I I am... Oh, oh, and Ted Levine. Yeah. I'm so fascinated to see who they are. Because Ted Levine, I think he's going to be... He's going to be the villain. I think he's going to be like I, a Roland. I, cool that I think now. he's going to be like a Roland type guy. Like, almost like if you took, like, Roland... Oh, like Tembo? Yeah, like Roland no, Tembo. No, 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 if you took him my... and mixed him with, like, Hoskins, that's kind of like what I'm picturing, like a big game hunter type of dude but who doesn't necessarily have the uh, the moral compass of Roland Tembo. Yeah, no, no, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. That's that's kind of how I picture him. So not necessarily a straight-up villain, but 
just he's out for his own. Yes, he doesn't care about anything else, and I think. Um, Dude, I'm yeah, pumped for this movie. This is the first time Dude, this I'm... news has got me like this story is finally there at a point where I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Like, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I am 110 percent in. Okay, it will probably have hybrids, and I'll probably go. Oh. But otherwise, I am in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you there, Chris. I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, it's gonna, we're going to have so much more to discuss in the next few days. But on that note, it was great speaking with you, dude. Yeah, Goldblum, 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 and Cromwell. Yeah. Uh, until next time, and it seems like there's nothing else more to say. That's how amazing is that news today? I, I'm pumped. I, I, I genuinely, genuinely pumped. Hey, how about we get the logo in the name? Or even a logo tease. Even if we don't get the name, how about a logo that says June 22nd, 2018 or whatever, but the new logo. So it doesn't have the name in it, but it's got, like, the date in it, and we get to see what the new logo sort of looks like. That would be awesome. Yeah, that that would be cool. I think what would be really interesting if the studio released that kind of one sheet that they do with that logo at the top, um, the cast, full cast list, you know, Brooke Norbury joins Jeff Goldman, you know, and then a very, very, very basic synopsis. I don't want to know the story. I want to know. Well, I the, think, the very basic to be honest, I think one-liner. we know the basic synopsis. To be honest with you, at this point, I think that I think that <laughs> yeah, we. I know, but I wanted it. In I guess writing. same, same. <laughs> but I mean, let's be real. We we do have a good idea of what the on a very very basic level. We have an idea of what's driving the plot on a very basic level, and I don't want to know any more than that. I, you know, I, we we know a lot now. We kind of went from knowing nothing to knowing uh, like something like, oh wow, we, we know we know quite a bit. Um. I want to see... Well, you can put all these... I think with Cromwell's announcement today, or at least what he uh, spoke about, uh, we can definitely piece together all the tidbits of information that help us piece together the plot. Yes. Um, now, I, st- I still want to go into Jurassic World 2 without knowing anything, but it's not... That, when for you, you and I, a, that's impossible. A site like I mean, this. You, I can, both of us can attest yeah. to it, that we oftentimes are told or see things in advance, and it's just like one of those things like, okay, and... I just don't want to know character deaths. I don't want to know set pieces, stuff like that. I don't want to know the end game of the movie, you know, because I've already reserved yeah, yeah, my yeah, I've already reserved my fact definitely. to the self that I reserved myself to the fact that I'm going to know things. I'm going to see things, but I hope it's kept at a uh, a certain level where I'm like, okay, that, that that's enough. Please, if, yeah, if, I want, if you I want see if you see a character and... dying or if you see like a big reveal, don't put it online and please don't tell me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I want, I want some nice, nice surprises like this Lockwood surprise. I didn't know anything about this, yeah. you know. Yeah, we assumed L something Manor, Lockwood Manor, Mansion Estate. Manor. We assumed that based on set pictures that have been leaked and blah blah blah. But the fact that he's playing Hammond's partner—that's huge, and that excites me. Yeah, um, as does the Jeff Goldblum casting. How amazing! Um, on that. <laughs> <laughs> on that note thank you for listening to episode 52 of the in general podcast uh we will be back that probably sure. soon in fact uh we should be recording with uh josh soon new blur seven yeah uh josh's debut podcast will be coming next all right until then yeah for sure all right thank you very much for listening and that was an awkward ending you know what thanks so much for listening everyone and uh until the next bit of news hits just stay tuned to jurassicoutpost.com no that's still awkward yeah screw it we can be awkward yeah go on uh, okay uh go on you end it you what, end what it. am i ending it on uh well that was fine what did you say <laughs> <laughs>
Let's just keep this in. <laughs> yeah. This is the and end. And we right, don't know how to guys. end it All with right. only two people, apparently. All right. And in the podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening, right, guys. Let's just play, let's, Any final words, Let's Chris? play a Gold- Goldblum quote. Let's just end it on, yeah. the, on that. <laughs> and we're done. We're out of here. And That's all, folks. Scene. I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're, that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you, you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, 